Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Singerin, and my co-host, IFBB Bikini Pro, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Olympia Points System Explained, Editor-in-Chief's Agogo, Australian Pro, and the St. Louis Pro, plus Dave Palumbo comes on to talk about Aaron's Australian adventure tonight on Access Bodybuilding. Ooh, very nice, very nice. I've had a few requests via Twitter um, for that. So that's for all my, my Twitter fans who are requesting and um, uh, saying that they do like the sexy voice. So you're welcome. What could you let me ask you if you had to like uh, if Dave called you up and said, listen, I'll give you an extra thousand dollars. I'll give you an extra five tubs of isolize if you will do your, the whole show in the sexy voice. Do you think you, it would be possible <laughs> or no? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You started out with $1,000 and ended up with isolized. I, like, I felt like the $1,000 no. was unrealistic. That's why I switched. $1,000, absolutely. Isolize, no. I, like, I'm sorry. I wouldn't do it for that. I'd do it for an extra 1000 bucks. so absolutely. Could you do it? You think you could do the whole show like that? I think I could do it because you're at different levels. They're more intense. It'd be like the rising action, the climax, and the falling action. You know, when you have like a plot and a story, it'd be the same way. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. I don't know if I could take the show seriously. <laughs> you wouldn't take me seriously ever again, Aaron. Uh, but welcome uh, welcome back stateside from the land down under. How was it? How was everything? I know you're going to talk about it later, but did you have a good time, I assume? I had a great time. You know, I had a really uh, excellent team. Um, the site, Aussie Bodybuilders. Um, Australian bodybuilders. Wait, I, I don't want to make sure. It's Xavier Wills is, is his. Um, he actually brought me over with bio uh, supplements. This guy, Ben, he owns a company over there. And they were very, very nice to bring me over. And uh, he brought his, his girlfriend, Jane, and his buddy, Sam. They were there with me throughout the whole time. And um, it was great. You know, I had, I had a really good time. They kind of, at first, we were taking cabs everywhere, Christina. And um, I realized how much it was costing for these cabs, even splitting them uh, four ways. The cabs were very expensive, so I suggested to them to rent a car, and I guess they really never considered it, and we went out and rented the car, and because none of them were 25 years old, I was the one who had to sign for the car, and since uh, I used my insurance, or we actually paid for extra insurance, um, I did most almost all of the driving up until we realized that Sam was better than me, and then he started driving. Um, <laughs> nice. But- but I drove on the wrong side of the road, and uh, that was certainly an adventure in and of itself. And uh, it was uh, it was fun, man. I had a really good time. Um, it was a great experience, and um, you know, I came back thinking that uh, I'm very fortunate to have uh, be able to do all these things just because you know, and do something that I love and cover the bodybuilding aspect of the sport. So I, I felt very fortunate coming back. Very nice. I'm glad you, uh, you enjoyed yourself. I told you you would, and the people there are so nice, aren't they? Yeah, the people were so nice, and um, the thing that surprised me, you know, I guess it shouldn't surprise me because I know that you know we're on the internet, so everything is there's no like uh, boundaries as far as like you know nations or where people are listening or reading. But um, going to Australia, just like going to India, actually more so in Australia because in India I didn't. Um, it wasn't like people were coming up and saying, I'm a fan of Access Bodybuilding or I'm a fan of, of your, your columns or Iron Empire Radio or something. They were coming sure. up and uh, just like enamored, mostly in India, a lot of them were enamored with how muscular I am, which is kind of ridiculous. Oh, but, sure. Yeah, not very nice body, very nice body. That's what they say. Um, <laughs> but in, um, in Australia, people actually knew me. And uh, that was a, that was a trip, you know, to go there. And I had a, I actually had a bunch of people, Christina, say that they wanted me to tell you hello and that they're looking forward ah. to you coming back. Yeah, yeah, it was very it was very cool. Um, well, hello Australia. <laughs> 
So um, there you go. Actually, some of them are like the pic- pictures you put up of Christina dieting for the show on your Facebook. We were very impressed. I had a lot of people like she looked awesome because the girls there, nice. Christina in bikini and figure are considerably leaner than here. Absolutely. Well, I was asked about that in both New Zealand and Australia when I went last year that, um, you know, they look at me and, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty muscular and pretty, you know, uh, lean and they're not used to seeing that from the, the U.S. competitors. That's usually what they see there. Their figure competitors are usually pretty damn hard and pretty damn lean, um, let alone bikini. So, yeah, th- it's, it's kind of a different look that they have there, but I, I personally like it. The girls um, in figure actually do not also flex. They do all the compulsory – or the, they do the women's physique poses. They don't do like a most muscular or lat spread, but they do – all the women's physique poses, and they do them very similarly. And that girl who won the amateur, it's actually interesting. One of the things that Tony has set up there for his show is that the top figure girl and the top bodybuilder, men's bodybuilder, go on to actually get their pro card right at the show and then go that night to compete against the girls or the guys in the pro division. And one of the girls who won, this girl, Laura Kitty, Kitty, um, she won her pro card uh, in figure, went on to compete and I think she got fifth or sixth place in the women's figure and I had her actually as high as third place beating Larissa Rice or Reese however you want to say how do you say it Reese or Rice I think it's Reese everybody changes it. I hear that two different ways so okay Reese because um, Larissa was softer than even at the Arnold she's still sexy I mean boy did she get a response from the guys at the, uh, at the show but <laughs> in, my, in my opinion um, this girl Laura was even better and I interviewed her after uh, she won. And um, what an amazing feeling, right? Especially for the guys and the girls. But um, to go win your pro card and then immediately compete against some of the best in the world. And for the girls, they're competing against Aaron and Nicole, the two literally the best in the world. We talked about that on Muscle Girls this week um, because I you know, read your, uh, your, your post about that. And, um, you know, I just said, how cool would that be? For example, like in the Arnold Amateur, you win the overall figure at the Arnold Amateur and then you get to compete at the Arnold against, you know, these women that you look up to. It's kind of the the same equivalent um, as, you know, this would be over in Australia. So I actually think that's that's a pretty cool idea, personally. Um, I think it would be I think it would be a great, uh, great idea to do. I mean, with the Arnold, um, you probably know this, but with the Arnold when you do win overall, you do have the option if you go pro the next year to compete automatically. Your invitation is automatic, right. but you don't get to go right onto the stage. Um, the guy uh, Abraham Alzabak, um, who won, um, very cool guy, very nice guy. Him and his coach, you know, he's uh, I think he's about twenty nine, thirty, and his lifetime goal, you know, his dream has been to be a pro bodybuilder, and he's been working with this coach for a few years, kind of like imagine the Australian version of Oscar Arden. And uh, both of these guys listen to this radio show, and so they'll probably listening now, probably complimented. And I think the guys, you know, he had his unusual name, the coach. I think it's like um, Ahab or something, Ehab, Ehab, something like that. Okay. But um, so they're, they're both fans, so I, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Um, very nice guy. And we were standing backstage as the guys were pumping up, you know, and he was telling me, they're both kind of telling me uh, Abe's story. And um, in the midst of them telling me the story, um, uh, Abraham stopped telling me and just kind of stared. And to the right of us, Branch Warren was posing for pictures. You know, um, they had like a camera set up like backstage at the Olympia where they have, you know, a, a backdrop. And so Branch is hitting poses. And uh, and Abraham kind of looked back over like kind of, in, 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 you know, in a kind of shock. 
he's like, I can't believe I'm like standing here right next to Branch Warren as he's you know posing, and um, I, I can only imagine for somebody like uh, a competitor like him how big a deal that must be. You know, the guy just won the Arnold. Oh, another, I mean, tremendous, right? That's huge. That uh, that's something people only dream about. So I can only imagine that feeling for sure. Um, so anyway, um, that it was great. It was great. Now you know I don't want to. We're, we're going to talk about the St. Louis Pro as far as competitors go and I watched all the stuff obviously you were there so you, you've got the, the probably one of the best seats in the house um, but um, how was the experience for you I know you're disappointed you know it's one of those things that you definitely always want to go away with a win in this case normally it'd be a top three um, but uh, you definitely want to go away with a win however despite you know m- me taking fifth place I have never been happier with how I look, how I looked that day on Saturday at the show. Um, I was 100% happy with my hair and my makeup and my tan and my suit and my physique. Um, Usually, I kind of feel like shit the morning of a show and the night before. I usually have a headache. I'm like going to the bathroom or I can't keep my food down. Something. Something is always going on when I compete every time. Um, This didn't happen. I got a little sick the night before. I threw up some of the food that we ordered from room service. But after that, I was able to eat the rest of the night. I was eating all morning. Um, So it felt good to finally feel good at a show. So I honestly am more excited about that than um, being disappointed about where I placed. Um, Because for the first time... You know, I am a hundred percent happy with with what I brought to the stage on at, at St. Louis for sure. Well, you put in more effort into this show than you ever put into any other show, right? I mean, that's safe to say, right? Oh, ab- absolutely. I still didn't do any cardio. Um, okay. It was it was all diet. You, did, and, you didn't you know, need to. If you if you would have done more any more than you did, um, you would. I mean, you heard the people. People either love the pictures that you put out, or they were saying, "Oh, you were way, you were ridiculously too hard." Which you didn't end up. Right. You didn't end up being. You know, I talked to some judges. Nobody said you were too hard. Um, that no. was not a critique that I, at least I heard. No, I, I never got that critique ever, um, and that was one critique I was honestly waiting for. I was waiting for either you know we don't like the the edgier look because you know I wore a metallic silver and black with chain connectors bikini and i had you know jet black hair and bleach blonde highlights and you know my my makeup was a little different i never got any critiques on any of that um and that's what i was waiting for either that or i was too hard and i never got either one of those so um the key is is you know the way that i softened up like i told everyone on facebook and online i we knew what we're doing (laughs) i was gonna come in a little softer than in those photos and i did um so now it's just you know trying to recreate that exact same physique which i know i can do it um and then just change up a few things um, a few of the other critiques that i got in regards to posing and everything that i heard from um judges and photographers and that was pretty much the biggest consensus so um once i change that i think um maybe it'll be a higher placing next time i don't know maybe good i hope so i hope so next one maybe it's because i wasn't there you know what i mean it could have been that too it was a great show though honestly um i mean i know we're gonna talk about it later but that was the, the biggest thing is it's such a smoothly ran show that it seems to go by very quick and it's very easy to get through that show sometimes some shows you know it's like a headache but the, it's a, so easy to get through the st louis shows that um i have no complaints at all all right let's go to the news olympia point system explained this all happened while i was in australia i wanted to write um write something about it and, and i still might um it, you know, they the different sources online did a pretty decent job of putting out, 
you know, basically what the rules are. I've seen a lot of differing opinions. Um, so what I want to do at first is just to explain in case you've been living under a rock and you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, uh, basically, last year we came out with at the at the Olympia, I believe the was it the Olympia where the rules were changed? or Was it the Arnold? I think it was the Olympia, right? It was the Olympia, yes. Okay, the Olympia. So we found out, and I wrote a, I wrote a little gossip column on rule change. And the rule change was that we weren't going to have the top three qualifying anymore. We were only going to have the, um, well, at the Olympia, we'll have the top six. At the Arnold, we'll have, uh, what, the, um, I think the top four or five, right? And I think then, it's I think it's four, yeah. Top four, right? And then the, uh, Steve's show, uh, the New York Pro, will have two. And that's it. And then, other than that, you, um, you you're, you're, if you're not in the top uh, winning the show or in those numbers there, you're out of luck. And um, so, the reasoning behind this, um, I believe, I don't know if it's widely known or not, but we had so many people competing in the Olympia um, that it was costing a lot of money um, to bring all these people there. Okay, I mean, this is really what it comes down to: the, the, the money, um, and it's very expensive to fly in all these people from around the world to pay for their uh, hotel, their accommodations. It's a very expensive deal. So they thought, let's do two things at once. Let's save some money and let's make this thing what it really should be and make it really elite, you know, um, so that if you don't belong up there vying for the Mr. Olympia title, then you won't be up there, basically, or, or the Miss Olympia or the Bikini Olympia or so forth and so on, right? Yeah, instead it would be, you know, the, the top 50, in the world instead of the, the top 40 in the world. It would be a very esteemed elite group of athletes who really are the best in the world instead of a few that just kind of squeezed in at kind of a really small show and that were able to get a qualification. Right. Um, so, you know, in a way this made sense and, and, and I agreed with it. I was like, you know, I, I don't think that it will hurt the attendance of the Olympia. Um, I think that it might be, you know, might end up being a good thing. And, um, and then as the year has gone on, you know, and this new season has begun, it started to look like it's a bad thing. Um, it started getting a little scary with not knowing who's going to be there, with um, you know some of these competitors talking about doing multiple shows. Obviously, if you win, um, if a guy wins one show, he does another show, he's taking the spot. Like, for example, let's look at Australia. Um, I can guarantee you that this new system, uh, the new qualification standards are really the old ones now, hurt the Australian Grand Prix, okay? Um, because yeah. a lot of times guys will go there um, in hopes of getting that spot. Um, and when you know Branch is going, you know that Branch is going to win. You know, I mean, just realistically, um, I don't think that a lot of the guys who are considering going over there thought that they were going to beat Branch, you know? And, right, um, right. So what happens is a lot of guys um, will be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to go all the way out there just to, you know, if they, let's say they get second place, they win, what, five grand or something, you know? It's not maybe it's yeah, that not barely, worth it. Barely pays, that, that barely pays pays for the plane ticket and accommodations if you don't have a sponsor. Well, Tony, I, I got to just say that Tony does pay for the accommodations for any most of oh, the sorry. most of the guys. But for a lot of the guys, they don't want to do that. They're like, you know, I've dieted for the Arnold. I don't want to do it. Sure. Um, or sure. they don't want to ride on the plane. I mean, and it's it's not you know. I went and I, it was totally worth it for me. But there are a lot of guys out there that are, don't want to be uncomfortable for you know forty eight hours of flying, and um, and they just don't do it. Um, because of this. Now, th this last minute thing has changed. I don't know exactly how this happened, but Tony squeezed in a second uh, qualifying spot somehow. And it ended up Michael Cafelianos, Cafelianos uh, won or got second place qualifying for the Olympia, uh, which he was extremely, extremely happy for. But that wasn't announced early enough. 
Um, so a lot of people like Ben Pakowski was considering it. A long list of guys who were considering going didn't go, and then they might have gone because of uh, if they would have known about that. Um, but right. regardless, so this is the system that we had until recently. People started worrying about it. People, the powers that be, started worrying. What's going to happen now? You know, will we have a very small Olympia with not a lot of guys? And so, um, like I like I mentioned before in past shows, we've talked about the IFBB now is different than it was years ago. Uh, the president Jim Mannion is, I guess, kind of is willing to change. You know, when he sees that there's a problem, um, he takes the criticism or the potential problem and does something about it, which is. Um, it's very, very nice to see. And what he ended up doing with this, uh, what uh, I believe it was Robin Chang and him. Uh, I'm sure Bob Chicarillo had some part in it. But those are the two guys that I've heard, um, Robin and uh, Mr. Mannion, talked about this and decided to come out with this point system. Okay, And this thing, to me, looks like a brilliant, a brilliant new uh, way to qualify. And basically... Everybody is given points on a contest, okay? And let's set it up from the beginning. There's three, four tiers of shows. Um, you got the Arnold Classic is tier one. Tier two is the Shrew Classic in the Arnold Europe. Tier three, the New York Pro. Tier four, four is all the other shows. Obviously, the Olympia would be at the very top, and those six top guys still qualify. Um, the rest of the guys don't qualify. Now, how the tier system works is the higher the tier or the lower the number of the tier, the more points you get per placing. So, for example, the Arnold, you get eight points for second, seven points for third, six points for fourth, five points for fifth. And they move down um, to, to the second tier will go down to six points for second and so forth. And then tier three, five points for second and so forth. Tier four, four points and, and so forth. Okay. Um, right. Basically, what they're doing is they're kind of like this is the this is the system that they use for for like NASCAR, except that there's no like points for winning because if you win, you automatically qualify. Sure. So what they're doing is the top guys at the end of the season who have the most points, the top five who have not won a show, will now get an invite to the Olympia, making this um, a much more interesting, uh, very strategic kind of thing for these guys somebody who's able to compete a lot and do well in a lot of shows even though they don't win can still have a chance of going to the olympia well and this isn't just for the men this goes across right. each of the female divisions as well bodybuilding physique or I'm, I'm sorry bodybuilding uh fitness figure and bikini and there are five spots in each of those divisions as well as men's bodybuilding where you know, if you have the highest number of points and you are of the, the top five of the point system, then you also get an invite to the Olympia as well. Exactly. Exactly. So it, for me, from the media standpoint, okay, the, and from, I guess from you, you're on both sides. And I'll ask you about the athletic stand or the, from the athlete standpoint in a second. But for me, this is a great thing. I mean, it does. It does. It accomplishes a few things. One, um, now there'll be more guys qualifying, which is a good thing. So basically, it's it's not guys can compete in shows knowing that they don't necessarily have to win, but they need to do as good as possible so that they can potentially get in the Olympia eventually. So in essence, that's allowing more people to compete at more shows. They've got a reason to compete other than the money, right? Sure. Um, it's yep. good. It's good for the promoters too, of course, because now you can get more guys in your show, knowing okay, I don't have to win. Or girls. Keep in mind, I'm saying guys, but it could be girls too. The girls, bikini girls, or figure girls, they can say, okay, I don't have to beat Aaron Stern. I can get second at the you know New York Pro, and I'm going to get five points. You know, and so they're they're getting something more than a little bit of money that they're getting for getting second place. Um, 
Now, the athlete standpoint, what, what do you see being an athlete looking at this? I think this is a great idea. Um, you know, it's one of those things that if, you know, you, you hear that one of the top three um, girls or guys is, is doing a show or top five guys is doing a show, it would prevent you from jumping in that show because you're thinking, well, I'm not going to, you know, if Dexter jumps in or if Evan jumps in, it's, well, there's no point for me to try to compete because, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to head to the Olympia. So why waste time dieting and training for a show when uh, he's obviously going to win? Um, this way, it gives you motivation that you can still do a show. It's something like the New York Pro, which is a little you know higher up on on the tier, and you can do something like that and place top five and still walk away with points to potentially qualify for the Olympia. And you do that a couple times a year. Um, you know, I think it's a good thing. It may just be hard um, on the guys because they're going to com- may have to compete several times throughout the year. You have someone like Tony Freeman or like Ed Nunn who who competed six seven times last year, um, and of course there was probably five times before the Olympia. And those guys would have obviously quite a quite a few numbers, you know, to to add to their um, their Olympia rankings, a new score system. But so I don't know if maybe people are going to feel obligated to compete more. Or if everybody only competes, you know, a couple of times, that's still going to put them in the running if they place high enough. You know, you have a few second places um, under your belt. You you could potentially head to the Olympia. You, so I think it's a good thing. I, I think it's a good thing. I think this was a great move by the IFPB to do something like this. Um, I, I agree with you. And you know what? The truth of the matter is that we can speculate a lot on the point system right now, but you really, we're going to really have to see it in action to see how this goes down. Because you can look at these, like I have, and examine the possibilities and what could happen and what might happen. But you don't really know. Like, the points are adding up now. They're, if you go and look, they are available at ifbpro.com, and you can see who is already qualified and the points. Uh, it makes it very interesting. You know, it adds a whole new element media-wise to, like, predictions and what may happen, what might happen, etc. Like, for example, in first place is Ben Bukowski because of the Flex Pro uh, spot and because of the Arnold spot. People might be noticing, they're saying, well, why is Evan uh, qualified, right? Because the, the Arnold only gets five, oh, excuse me, eight points for second place, uh, and so forth. So he should only get seven points for third place. But the fact of the matter is, they are not—they're doing it retroactively, so that people can get points from the past shows after the Olympia of last year. But they're not doing it so that they're taking away qualification spots, which is probably good because I can imagine somebody like Evan would be pretty pissed. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If he I mean, if he wasn't qualified, if they like took it away retroactively from him, but in the future next year in 2013, he wouldn't. If this same thing happened, he got third. He wouldn't automatically be qualified. So you look at Ben Pakowski in tenth place. You look at Tony Freeman in second place. Uh, Fuad in third place, and Flex Lewis is, uh, is caught up with Fuad. So there's a tide for third, uh, along with Omar Deckard. Um, so these guys are all tied, right? But some of these guys are going to qualify, right? I mean, sure. if, if Tony Freeman does some more shows, he, he's almost certainly going to win one, okay? So Tony will be taken off the list. So now Fuad will move up, and Flex Lewis and Omar, they all move up one. Uh, ben Pakowski, let's say he does the Tampa Pro, he wins. He's no longer on the points list. So now everybody's moving up one. So it's constantly evolving. Um, so there's really no way to predict how well the whole thing will go or what's going to happen. Uh, but it sure does make things interesting. I think, like I said, I think it's a great, great move, um, especially when you have really good competitors who um, – 
you know, who, I don't know, bang it out enough and they deserve to be up on the Olympia stage because they are great competitors, but they may have just been in the wrong lineup. Um, if you're in a lineup, like I said, with, you know, with Dexter or with Evan or, you know, if yes. you're a 212 and you're with Tricky and Jose, it's like, okay, you know, it's, you're not going to end up winning, but you still deserve to be up there because you're a damn good bodybuilder. Sure. So I think, I think this is still good for those people who, um, it's just like, you know, uh, for example, Karina Nascimento, the girl that won the physique pro, um, the first pro show. You know, she competed several times as an amateur in the States, and she's from Brazil. So this happens a lot when it comes to earning your pro card overseas, that if you compete a lot in the the U.S., and she won like four or five overall titles at at shows, you can head over to your country and petition for your pro card because you can show them your track record that says, hey, look, I'm a good competitor, and I deserve to be in the pro ranks. And then, therefore, a lot of times they'll, they'll, you know, award them their pro status without having to go through all the national level shows you know become a citizen and and in all of that so i think this kind of um has the same uh effect where it's hey look at my track record i've done very well and i've proven myself that i do deserve to be up there um i agree well just to make a one little i'm looking through our little list and i noticed bikini in fourth place tied for fourth place christina voynich with three points so as of right now you're in i know aaron i i'm in fourth place which means this is the best system ever created because as of right now i'm headed to the olympia <laughs> assuming there are no more shows and nobody else competes ever for the rest of the year i'm headed to the olympia <laughs> Um, well, I can tell you that um, it won't matter for you because you will certainly win a show before the end of this thing. Oh, I thank you. That's, that's the plan. There's a long uh, – This just one quick comment on this. How the hell are so many bikini girls already qualified? There's like 20-something girls on this list already qualified. I know. We were we were talking about that. Um, <laughs> we were talking about that. I think – uh, I think there were more shows than we had thought right after the Olympia. Jesus. Um, there were quite a few, and you figured three or four shows after the Olympia and top three qualify, plus, you know, the, the three from uh, the first show this year, the three from St. Louis. I mean, or um, I'm sorry, the one from earlier this year and the one from St. Louis. It adds up very quick. I think there were 28 girls uh, on the Olympia stage, maybe 29. Once we added the girl from uh, from Mexico, once you know the Tijuana show happened, um, but yeah, there's a lot more girls than I even thought. So I think we may end up with the same number of bikini competitors, if not more, because we're going to add an additional five, um, you know, to to the list. So yeah, I know this surprised me as well. There's a lot of bikini girls on the list which is interesting when it comes to fitness because you've got all of the girls qualified and then there are only four um that are currently in the in the points uh standing section so you know you can have a whole bunch of girls competing they may not have a bunch of points but if they're the only five left in that group because there's not a lot of fitness competitors anymore um they could still potentially you know sneak in there um, I want to throw one uh, wrench in there. I want to throw one potential uh, problem for this system, and, uh, and then we'll move on. One potential problem is that as we become closer and closer to the Olympia, people will start looking at these points and their standings uh, more seriously, and I mean that by competitors. So somebody like, let's say somebody like you, okay? Say you're uh, on the list and you're number three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's eight weeks out from the Olympia, and you're like, okay, it's time to be dieting, right? Um, so you're dieting now for the Olympia. 
Well, there's a few shows, especially for bikini. There's several shows uh, in between eight weeks out and the Olympia, and standings could change pretty dramatically. Um, or let's say, you know, at third, you still might you might make it in there. I don't know, depending on where your points are. But let's say you're at the bottom, or you're a guy. Let's say Johnny Jackson, or, or um, let's say I don't know, some somebody like that is at fifth place. Does he start dieting, or does he is he forced to do these shows to try to keep his spot? You know, it's 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 strange. It could end up being a little strange being an athlete, being like, holy shit, you know, I'm qualified for Olympia right now, but there's no guarantee I will be. So do I diet? Do I not diet? What do I do? You know? Yeah, I think that's going to be the hardest, obviously, for the men. For the women, you know, we can kind of hold our size a little bit. And for figure competitors and fitness competitors, more specifically, um, you know, they're kind of able to hold, hold that leanness um, maybe a little bit. So the... The best chance for the females, maybe, is to continue to do the shows leading up to the Olympia, um, maybe the, the last two, possibly, um, to try to ensure that they are going to walk away with some points. But I say, I mean, even if you think you're going to qualify, um, start dieting anyway. What's the worst that could happen that, you know, you get to be a few weeks out and they tell you, no, you're, you're not, someone else squeezed in, at least you're at least you're preparing yourself. That that's what I say. I'd rather be safe than sorry. But I can see how that'd be kind of a hairy situation, especially for the men who, you know, have to go through a lot more um strenuous diet than everyone else. Right. Um okay, next story on our list. Editor editors in chiefs of go go. And uh, you know, people listening to that are probably wondering what the hell that's supposed to mean. Um I'm gonna start off with uh the former editor in chief of Flex magazine. Uh, Peter McGuff, one of my favorite people in bodybuilding, uh, literally a historian and uh, uh, a walking encyclopedia of bodybuilding. Uh, great guy. And he just signed with MD, uh, becoming their f- senior features writer, which is uh, very interesting. And I'm very happy for Peter. Uh, well, well, I'm I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad because he signed with MD, and that means we can't do anything with him. But I'm happy for him because this is a guy who deserves uh, to be very involved, more involved in the bodybuilding industry. Because he literally, if there's anybody who knows everything about, or is close to everything about men's bodybuilding, it's uh, Peter McGuff. I definitely agree with you. It's one of those things that even though he's moving over to MD, you're still very happy. You know, we're all about people making money and doing what they love. And, you know, no matter no matter who they work for, um, if it's a good move for them financially and for their career, by all means, take it. You know, you know, what's interesting, Christina, um, is the history between Peter McGuff and um, at the time Flex Magazine and muscular development. Peter and um, the owner and uh, editor in chief, I suppose, or yeah, the the the, the producer owner of um, MD, Steve Blackman, have had a very troubled history. Um, back when Dave and John Romano were with MD, they actually got um, their press passes taken away um, because of stuff that John Romano said about Flex and about Peter McGuff specifically. And uh, it is actually absolutely amazing to me. That uh, that now you know you could never have predicted a few years ago that Peter McGuff would be working with uh, Steve Blackman at MD. It's amazing. Yeah, it happens. Times change, you know. <laughs> Times definitely change. Times definitely change. Now another editor in chief of Flex Magazine, Alan Donnelly, also moving somewhere else. NPC um, News Online has been around for as long as I can remember. Uh, back when um, 
I first got into bodybuilding, that's the site where you would see the new schedule every year. I mean, to be honest, there's not a whole lot more that was happening there other than that. You know, people would go to the, the site and check out when the schedule was or what what um what shows were when or what local shows. Because back in the day right. back in the day they didn't have um like for example, if you want to see MPC Texas Lee Thompson has a site set up now where you can see where all the shows are. Uh, you can even, you know, see who's tanning where and phone numbers and, you know, everything. But back in the day, in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, that kind of thing wasn't available. And the only place you'd go to is the MPC News Online. Right. You, you probably don't even, you don't even remember that. You weren't involved then, right? Uh, no, but I do remember, you know, going to MPC News Online, specifically once I started, you know, doing the national level shows and got out of Illinois. So, I mean, it, it was an important site for me even before, you know, I got, you know, to nationals for sure. But they never had any content. And um, they just signed on, um, as you know, he's no longer with um, Flex Magazine as Robbie Durant. We went over all these people moving left and right and switching places. So Robbie Durant took over. Alan Donnelly left. Alan Donnelly has now signed on with MPC News Online, uh, which I can only imagine they're going to be trying to create into more of a media outlet. So very, I, I very interesting. I think that's great. Yeah. I, I think that that's definitely pretty cool because, um, you know, while the – the the normal everyday person subscribes, you know, to Flex or MD and, and things like that, or they visit RX. You know, NPC News Online directly relates to the competitor, you know, to the local competitor, to the national level competitor, and I think um, you can highlight a lot of the things going on in the NPC. Um, a lot of times, you don't get that from the bigger magazines, just because there's you know more news to be talked about um, in the in terms of the IFBB. So I think maybe this is a chance you can even highlight the NPC a little bit more. Um, not that it needs it because everybody knows, you know, it's the best federation to get into, you know, obviously move up. But I think this may be a good chance to, you know, kind of take NPC News Online to kind of the next level mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, kind of staying stagnant um, where it's, I don't want to say where it's been because it definitely hasn't been stagnant. It's gotten much better over the last, you know, a few years. But I think you can even make it 10 times better with just, you know, more content in general. Yeah, well, it, it will be very interesting to see where things go with that. Um, obviously, Alan Donnelly has a lot of experience with the magazine stuff, bringing it over to the online stuff. You know, it just shows you that um, that people are becoming more and more aware of the amount of influence and importance that online media has uh, in comparison to magazines, which I think pretty much everybody agrees at some point in the future will be history. Definitely agree with you for sure. All right, um, let's move on to the Australian Pro and the St. Louis Pro. Um, the Australian Pro was basically, you know, uh, a foregone conclusion. Branch Warren was going there, and just about everybody knew that he was going to win. Um, what people didn't know is that I guess I guess you know, to the truth of the matter is that if people looked at the at the lineup, Michael Cafalianos was not a big surprise for second place. But the big surprise was uh, Omar Deckard, who has been. Uh, I guess since the USA is when he got his pro card, consistently about a 10th place guy right around there. Yeah. And um, he's just always been a guy who's got a very big frame. He's about my height. He's about 6'2". And he's on stage, usually far too heavy, at like 280, 270. He, was, uh, he said 265. 
He actually looked very, very good. I was the biggest thing I was surprised about this show was that everybody was in condition. Um, Lionel Brown very much surprised me. Somebody um, like Omar Deckard, who we usually don't see in shape. Um, that I always think, guys, oh, got good shape. Especially Omar's a tall guy, very big guy. He just never is in shape, and this is the best we have ever seen him. He comes in third place, kind of controversial. Um, we had Darren Okanawa. I never could say his name right. They, I had him pronounce it for me over and over again. Oakawa, Onakawa, something like that, from New Zealand. This guy mm-hmm. was very impressive, very impressive. Works. Listen to this. Lives in New Zealand. Works out in his own gym in his in his uh, garage. Uh, until recently, never worked out at a real gym. Until very recently, so his whole career, he's been working on. I interviewed him about it, and he said that he, he's always felt like bodybuilding was like a solitary thing. So it's just never mm-hmm. he never did it like uh, as a social aspect, or or even having somebody spot him or force reps. Always on his own. And uh, he says now that he has uh, reached this level, he's going to start working out at a at a gym every day to have somebody pushing him or spotting him. But this guy really impressed me, um, and super wide. One of the widest guys I've ever seen. Uh, tons of potential. And that that is really the men's show. Now, there were some other guys in there that looked good. You know, Luke Timms looked very good from Australia in fifth place. But um, all in all, the show was pretty much a Branch Warren show. And then in the women's side, the big surprise, of course, was Aaron Stern beating uh, Nicole Wilkins. And Aaron said she almost fainted. She was so surprised. Um you know how it is. You don't expect to go somewhere right after the Arnold and beat the Arnold winner. It just usually doesn't happen. No, definitely not. I mean, I think a lot of people were, were surprised at that. But that's always a good thing. I mean, it keeps things exciting. It means that anything can happen, you know? Yeah, it's a good thing for the sport, for sure, that, that it is possible. It just goes to show you totally different set of judges between the two shows. And this time uh, they agreed. Um, oh, they agreed with me. They agreed that Aaron uh, won. And uh, I was happy to see that. So that was, I mean, there's a lot more to the show, and I'm going to talk about it with Dave, but that's how it went down in Australia. Give us your review of the St. Louis Pro. St. Louis Pro was great. Um, You know, I am always a huge fan of St. Louis (laughs) because that's my hometown. So um, I do have to say that the crowd was huge. Um, Like, I I think there were more... um, more competitors and more audience members than there were um, last year. I think he had about 1,500 people at one point. There was standing room only, Kai Green guest pose, Michael guest pose. He had an angry leprechaun, I forgot the guy's name, come in halfway through the show because it was on St. Patrick's Day. Um, uh, Bob Chicarillo was there. He was the MC, So it was a kind of a star-studded show, um, which a lot of times you don't get to see at smaller you know, IFPB pro shows. So it was kind of cool to be able to you know, to see them all. And uh, the usual uh, crew was there. There was Isaac Hines, Dan Ray, um, Dave was there, um, Jen Strobo was there. So it, it was a definitely a good a good crowd. Um, as for the show, I, I don't think there were too many huge, huge surprises, except I think women's physique surprised a lot of people. Um, you know, first place was Sarah Hurley, who is a figure competitor. And, um, you know, she had tried to do the St. Louis show last year and um, she fell and had a concussion the day before the show and uh, wasn't able to compete. So she came back this year and uh, decided to switch to physique and she ended up winning. And a lot of people, while they like her look, um, she turned pro at junior nationals two years ago. 
they like her look. Um, however, it was still a little controversial because people still are under the assumption that women's physique was a scaled down bodybuilder, somewhere kind of in the middle Christina, of figure I, I, in bodybuilding. I want to interrupt you for just a moment. I was told that that Sarah was actually dieting for a figure show and decided to come in and do this like last minute, like a few days before. Is that right? Yeah, she's getting ready for Sacramento, and she was going to do figure in Sacramento at the Governor's Cup, which is this weekend. So she's not and, um, one week early from a figure show. Yeah. She comes in and wins a women's physique show. Correct, correct. And she is still doing um, the Sacramento, and I'm actually going to speak with her next week after the show um, to have her on Muscle Girls. I think she's going to stick with physique as she heads over to Sacramento because even Lee Thompson had said that while she did deserve the win, she still needed to be a little bit tighter. So I'm assuming she was using this this last week to tighten up a little bit um, so she could potentially win again. Um, second place was Mich- Michelle Blank, who also ironically is a fitness pro who had had an injury and Chicarillo has suggested, um, you know, when he found out that she had this injury that, and she switched from fitness to physique and uh, without the routine. And she did. And she ended up taking second place, With, third place. This, and- that's a girl who came to the show to support her fellow competitors, never intended to compete and, and basically learned her whole routine, got tanned, borrowed a suit all there that weekend. Oh yeah. Crazy. Absolutely. Crazy. Okay. Um, Third place was Jennifer Smythe. Jennifer Smythe uh, won the overall at, I believe, Team U this year. And um, she was supposed to do the Phoenix show. All of these girls have their own little story. Uh, She was supposed to do the Phoenix show. And um, we'd had her on Muscle Girls quite a few weeks before that to talk about her prep. And right after that, she ended up getting into a car accident and wasn't able to finish her prep. She was okay, but of course, it set her back. So this ended up being... You know the the next show for her. Um, fourth place was Jennifer Robinson, who a lot of people, I think, including Dave, had her potentially winning the show. Uh, she took fourth place, and fifth place was Marina Lopez, who competed the week before or the few weeks before in Phoenix as well. Um, um, I want to make a point ahead. about. Um, the, I talked to a few of the judges, and from what I understand, they felt like this women's uh, physique lineup more accurately um, portrays what they're looking for than the previous show. How did, what do you think about that? That's what a lot of people were saying. However, just, you know, I, I've been reading the boards and following, you know, what a lot of people are talking about in regards to women's physique. And a lot of people have someone like Michaela Soto as the ideal version of, or what they think is the ideal version of physique, which is really a much more jacked up figure competitor than I think the IFBB is wanting. Um, So I think that was probably the biggest upset because a lot of people have someone like her in mind when they think of a um, physique champion. Not that Sarah looked bad by any means, but she, she was a little bit softer than some of the girls who were placing below her. So. Interesting. And then over in uh, in fitness, we had Oksana Grishna taking first place. Um, she, of course, took all ones in the uh, uh, routine round, which is 75%. And uh, she uh, had a routine to a kind of hardcore rock version of Tainted Love, and it was pretty hot, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and uh, second place was Bethany Sisternino, who took all first place in the physique round, but unfortunately, um, she kind of got... 
outroutined by Oksana because it was just that great. Uh, third place, Danielle Rubin. Fourth place, Allison Either. And fifth place was Michelle Frederick. So. Oh, well, there you go. Um, oh, and Bikini. Do you want me to tell you? Well, I mean, yeah, you don't have to critique them, but you can, uh, you can list them off. Yeah, first place was uh, Jennifer Andrews. She actually won St. Louis last year, and we do have her on Muscle Girls this week. So it's actually a really cool interview. You know, she was a Bengals cheerleader for a long time, so she talks about uh, retiring as a cheerleader and how that changed uh, the way she was prepping. And then second place, uh, Jennifer Chapman from Texas. Third place, Taylor Matheny. Fourth place from the U.K., making her pro debut in the very first uh, Bikini Pro from the U.K. is Michelle Brannon, and then myself in fifth place. Well, uh, I wasn't there or anything, but uh, judging from the pictures, just to let you know, I would have had Christina Voynich winning. I've heard that a few times, but I'm not complaining, and we're just going to roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for a politically correct answer? Good job. That's what I like to hear, Christina. (laughs) Um, Well, all right. uh, That is it for you and I on Access Bodybuilding. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we will have Dave Palumbo. I guess me and him are going to talk a little about Australia in more detail. I didn't get a chance to on Heavy Muscle Radio. I, I literally, since I was in between plane flights, I called in for three minutes. So um, on heavy muscles. I heard it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, was I, like, I heard it. Michael was the uh, the guest that they had on the show as well. So I did hear your portion on the first half. Yeah. So I was um, I was super quick. So we're going to go over it in a little more detail, and uh, and that's it. So uh, you want to tell people how to get in touch with you in case they want to? Yep, you can uh, shoot me an email, Christina, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A at rxmuscles.com. You can also, if you've got any info that you want to talk about on Muscle Girls, Inc., we've got musclegirlsinc at rxmuscle.com. You can follow us on Twitter as well. And um, this week, like I said, we've got Jennifer Andrews, and um, we've got another listener segment. So if you want to be on the air, um, we've been doing a lot more listener segments, and people love it. So you can call in and ask a question, and we'll dedicate pretty much the entire show to answering your question and giving you our feedback on your question. So um, we've got one of our listeners on this week uh, to talk about prep and everything. So there we go. That's how you get a hold of me. Very cool. Christina, um, everybody knows how to reach me. Jubacca, J-U-B-A-C-C at rxmuscle.com or follow me at Twitter at sign Aaron Singerman, all one word. All right, Christina, thank you very much for this week and uh, we'll be back next week. Peace out. Peace out. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. Myotropics Physique Nutrition is the most exciting supplement company to come along in decades. That's because Myotropics isn't just another company. It's the brainchild of iconic metabolic expert, Dr. Scott Connolly, the inventor of the original body recomposition product that changed the industry and allowed millions of people to get in the best shape of their life. And CEO Vince Andrich, author of the groundbreaking Physique Athlete Guide. Myotropics flagship product, Physique 2.0, contains their exclusive Meta Effects Amino CD protein compound that maximizes whole body protein economy, your personal linchpin for gaining and retaining the most muscle while also shedding maximum body fat. Plus, 
Synthesis 2.0 contains the world's first legitimate fat-burning carbohydrate, Meta Effects FAO-CHO, for full hard muscle and increased fat burn. If you live to develop the ultimate physique, go with Myotropics, real people that live to develop physique nutrition. Go to Myotropics.com. It's your body. It's your art. Master it. Myotropics.com. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel fully hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com. That's HydrolyzeUltra.com. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise. Up to the minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows, including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, Rx Muscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding. I have on the line right now, uh, boss number one, my boss, the owner and proprietor of Rx Muscle, Dave Palumbo. Dave, welcome back to Access Bodybuilding. Aaron Jabaka Singerman, uh, thank you for having me back. Uh, we had a very busy weekend, myself in St. Louis, obviously you in Australia, and uh, a lot of people were asking me, and, and I, I don't know if you guys talked about it yet, what the hell did you do on the plane for so many hours when you didn't, I heard from what I hear, you didn't have internet, you didn't have a plug, no. what, what did you do on there? Um, okay, so this is, let me set the scene for, for you. I'm in Los Angeles. On the way to, on the way to Los Angeles, I flew the normal United planes that I always fly that have the plugins. Uh, they don't have the internet, which I wish that they would um, on United and, and Continental, but they do have plugins, so you can work. You know, we could edit video, you could, I could write something, you could watch movies, etc. So when I got to Los Angeles, I assumed that the bigger, nicer United uh, 747 or 757-400, which is a huge plane, uh, with multiple, you know, it's got two stories and it's very, very big. Um, and so I assumed that that, of course, would also have um, plugins and and individual TVs and everything else. Come to find out, as I'm getting on, as I'm in line, because I was trying to get upgraded to first class, which also didn't happen. Um, I said, by, by the way, you know, just making sure, um, I, it does have you know outlets everywhere, right? In, in my in my seating area. She's like, oh, no, no, economy and economy plus, which I was in economy plus. They give you five inches yeah. more seat room. Um, she's like, no, they don't have that on this flight. I'm like, what? Oh, boy. I'm like, what? So I run to the um, to the charger and my laptop that I downloaded all these movies on, my Mac laptop. I had all yeah. these movies. I mean, I have to, literally, literally a dozen movies I downloaded. It has one bar left. It has like 20% battery. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! So I start charging it. And my phone I told is you, on. what did I tell you? Didn't I tell you to keep your laptop charged? Your laptop, your laptop, the laptop that you lent me, the big fancy editing laptop, was yeah. fully charged, but had no movies on it, had nothing oh. on it. So um, I, uh, I started freaking out. And I started charging it. My, I charged my phone was dying too. Um, and my phone I use is it's got Kindle on it, so I, I read my books on my phone. So I'm like, oh my god, you know, I'm in such trouble now. And, Did you uh, run like an extension cord from first class? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I do have an extension cord. That would have been funny if I would have just went up there and started you doing it. Should have done that. That's what I would have done. Um, that would have been funny, but uh, no, I didn't do that. Um, so it, it lasted. The laptop charged up a little bit more. I, it lasted through one movie, and then I watched The Artist, which was luckily on. I had not seen on the flight over, and uh, and that was actually really good. Surprisingly, with you know that's the oh, black and white film. Remember with no. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. It was pretty. I was. I don't watch silent movies. Neither do I generally, but I, you know, what choice do I have? So I watched it, and it was pretty good. And then I had the um, the presence of mind to go buy an actual book book um, because I, when I found out about the laptop and everything, so I bought a book and I read that for a few hours, and then I drank a bunch of vodkas and took a Xanax and passed out for the rest of the flight. How uh, many, how long was the flight? Um, it was sixteen hours. And you slept for how many hours on on Xanax and alcohol? I would say seven. Six or seven. Wow. Holy yeah. mackerel. Um, and then I landed in Sydney, and I was excited and stuff. And, and I went and kind of I shot some video of the money. And um, and uh, I, this was interesting, Dave. Sydney gets is not a very big airport like compared to like New York, like LaGuardia or L.A., but they get so many. It's all international flights coming in there. So I saw all these stewardesses hanging out and like walking around with every kind of different outfit, stewardess outfit you can imagine. Um, really? One of the one of the Saudi Arabian ones, they were wearing a full veil. You know, they can't show cool. their face. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. What's the, what's the Saudi Arabian airline called? That's the one I want to go on next. Um, I, I know they, have, they don't fly to Florida though. Right? No, no, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. United Arab United Arab Emirates. They wear half of a veil, so you can't see half of their face. And the other side, you can see. Uh, and then one of these China airlines, they all wear the geisha outfits. That was pretty cool. That that would be fun. Yeah. I would like to do that. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, Singapore Airlines has a funny outfit too. Yeah, they, I was like going around looking at all their outfits, um, but I was so excited that the, the next flight from Sydney to Melbourne, um, and I was corrected. I said, uh, "Where's the flight to Melbourne?" And they said, "No, it's Melbourne." So um, Melbourne, yeah, Melbourne. They said you sound like an idiot. Right. He said you, the guy told me it'd be like saying, "Where's Arca Arkansas?" You know, I'm going on. Yeah. So say, say like I'm from halfway fucking around the world. Leave me alone. Man. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I flew that extra hour and a half. No problem. Got to Melbourne and went right to the gym, right to the gym. It was like reminding me when I went to college in uh, Pennsylvania, I was going to school in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I used to, everyone who goes there for the first time calls it Lancaster you right. know, because that's like England and it's Lancaster. You know, same thing. You got to get the right uh, accent on the on the word, or they get very upset. That's why I, I always used to tell Mister G, you you can't pronounce people's names wrong. They get pissed off. Right. And he thought no, they think it's funny. No. some people do not like when you mispronounce the place they live or their names improperly. It, it aggravates them. Yeah, wouldn't it aggravate you if people were always calling you Yave or something? Yave Palumbo. Columbia. <laughs> right. I used to call my dad in the army. Columbia. Yeah. yeah, he didn't like it then. <laughs> I don't think he had a choice. He didn't care. <laughs> they put him with the black people and the Jews, so he was on the lowest right. rank of the totem pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was lower than a black in back in the fifties. Right? <laughs> Being uh, black, had you had higher status, you know, than the Jews. <laughs> um, the so um, you know, we we got there, and uh, I went right to the gym, and I went right to. Um, doing incline bench press and with a warm-up set i had a small tear in my pec and stopped the workout and it bled all through my arm it's still oh, shit. you know still i always blood. tell people whenever you travel especially long distances do not push yourself in I the gym you it. might feel strong but but invariably especially a flight like that you're probably would dehydrated so dumb let me ask you this one question what the hell did you eat on the plane the whole way i know with your junk food uh 
uh, propensity. Did you bring like donuts on the plane with you? What'd you, what'd you do? Um, I actually, I got to give this credit to, uh, uh, my fiance now, Darielle Gaines. She packed a copious amount of candy for me. And, um, and then I ate everybody else's food on the plane as well. Like they give you three meals on that long flight. And, oh, uh, that's not bad. Yeah. And so like for breakfast, I eat my breakfast and the person's breakfast next to me. And then I would request another breakfast if they had an extra. So ah. I, ended up, I ended up eating quite a bit of, it's not very good food, but I ended up getting what was quite the breakfast. Um, you have a choice between, um, fruit or eggs. And of course, I chose the eggs over the fruit. Eggs. And uh, there's like some mush eggs, and they give you some uh, mush, um, some sausages that are suspicious with some like uh, little potatoes, like uh, the little um, oven roasted potatoes. Yeah, and they probably were going from down up and down the aisles asking people if they weren't going to eat their uh, sausage. I was certainly place. looking around for, for stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> um, on the you flight, you up to first class and buddied up to someone up there. I tried. Trust me, I tried to get in first class. I, I, I waited in line, like I told you, on the, out of Los Angeles to like talk to the lady, try to like schmooze the. They call him the purser, which is the woman who has the authority to move people. And gotcha. I was like, I'm really big, and you know, I, I would really like it if you can move me. You see, I'm. Uh, premier class gold. You see that? And I was like, can, can you help me, please? And she said, no. They, no, seats. no. No, no, there were seats. She just said, no. Um, wow. Apparently, I'm sure first class is probably like 10 grand, I'm sure. It's exactly. It is 10 grand. That's what it costs. 10 grand is per really? way. Per way, yeah. Per way? Per way. 10 grand there, 10 grand back. What the hell are they giving you? Ch- uh, Moet ch- champagne? <laughs> you have your own bed. You have your own seat, not attached to anybody. It's like you have your individual beds. You know, it folds all the oh. way down into a bed. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, I felt very bad for uh, uh, Mike Jenkins and some of the strong men on the way back. They flew with me, and they were all with me in economy. Yeah. They weren't even yeah. economy plus. I sent you a picture, didn't I? Did you? I saw it. Yeah. He looked like a circus uh, <laughs> act in those seats. They were so small. Yeah, Mike Jenkins, the winner of the Australian Strongman and the Arnold Strongman. Uh, uh, also, those guys are so nice, man. You know, I hadn't, you know, that's usually Brian Hildebrandt's uh, territory, but I got a lot of time to kind of talk to these guys. And, and uh, what a bunch of nice guys, huh? Right. Jenkins is great. I mean, he's done our, people don't realize he's done bros versus pros before. Yeah, and, well, uh, yeah. He's super nice and he was going to do this one in st louis had he not get invited at the last minute to the uh, australian one he was going to show up and just uh, surprise everyone but we will see him probably at the next one we do at Derek poundstone's gym so we're going to have kind of like a, a a rematch of sorts between poundstone uh mike jenkins and then i you know mark lurch is going to be coming in too to all dead left against each wow other. so mark Exciting. mike and Derek are going against each other head to head yeah, that's awesome. as well as Lurch, and then whoever else shows up. So that's going to probably be Bros vs. Bros. Eleven. I haven't fit. That. We're looking to do hold it on the weekend of the Hartford uh, Europa show uh, at the end of June. So that would be won't exciting. I, won't I be at another show though? Won't I, be, I don't know. Aren't I, I covering that, something I else? Think, I don't know. Unless there's is there a show in New Orleans or something like that on the weekend? Is that the same day? It may be. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll we'll look at the schedule. We'll figure it out. Um, so. Um, Dave, the, I know the video you liked about I did a series of videos. Hopefully, everybody out there has watched them. They're all on RX Muscle, and you can go to the lifestyle videos. And they're all on there. I did three days of Australian lifestyle videos, you know, day one, two, three. And I, I'm pretty sure the zoo video is your favorite, right? Yeah, you know, I like animals, so I, I can relate to that. Uh, the, the kangaroos, I like the fact that you were able to feed them and that you were able to get, like, down, you know, close with these guys and, uh, and, and play around with them. I thought it was funny. I like the... Uh, 
Was that a Roadrunner or was that a ostrich? What was that thing? The emu that kind of like ran towards oh, the emu. us. Yeah. Yeah, the emu. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The e, you know, they make some really good uh, oils that you can put on your skin with the emu. Uh, <laughs> using emu fat, believe it or not. It's a very expensive uh, oil. It's supposed to help regenerate, you know, uh, skin at a much more accelerated rate. It's supposed to be a good anti-inflammatory too. I don't know. But uh, I, I actually, uh, they're, they're kind of disgusting looking birds, but they're, I guess they're kind of cool. They're, so they're intimidating. They're dinosaurs. Intimidating. Yeah. They're, they're intimidating. Like yeah, they're big. This guy that was running at us was taller than me. I mean, if he stood straight up, he's got to be about 6'5". And, yeah. uh, and he, was, he was very aggressive. Uh, he, made, he made me nervous for him, and I had to take a few steps back. Yeah. Uh, um, he, they, that's one thing, the difference between the zoos and America um, and the zoos, at least this zoo in Australia, is uh, not all the animals, but a majority of the animals are kind of like not necessarily let free or loose, but like in that one area with the, with the kangaroos, they're just kind of jumping around. You know, They're like free to go wherever they want. I like that. I like that. I like that you can get, like I said, you can touch the animals and it's, it's a much more personal experience rather than being behind the bars. Does anyone ever get hurt there? Do these things, the, I know the emus are kind of rough. They can kind of kick you and stuff like that. Uh, I would imagine, I would imagine that it's happened before. They didn't, I mean, I didn't ask that. I, I asked like, what should I not do around them? And they said, don't push them, which, you know, common sense would tell you don't push the kangaroo, you know, but um, yeah. I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe they've had problems with people pushing them in the past. You know, if I was there, I would have gotten you to push the thing and got it on video. <laughs> You'd want to me to see get what would happen. Yeah. They'll kick yeah. the shit out of you. They, they balance on their tail and they kick. I, I, wouldn't you love to see that? That would have been great. You would love to see me you get take kicked one. <laughs> you take one for the team. Come on. It wouldn't be that bad. How probably, bad could it probably kick you right in the nuts. My luck. <laughs> knock you out. That would be a great video, though. Yeah, you would love that video. Chewbacca knocked out by the kangaroo in uh, Australia. So how long did you uh, actually wind up staying there? Five days, was it? Four days? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, let's see. So I arrived there. On, I left on Monday, but I arrived on Wednesday. And then I left on the following Monday. So five days, I suppose. Yeah, five days. And then I, I gained a day on the way back. I left uh, Australia at uh, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. on Monday morning. I arrive in Los Angeles at 9, at uh, right around 9.30 uh, the same yeah. day in the morning, earlier. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, awesome. It was weird. But, um, yeah, it was uh, five days, and uh, what a great experience. You know, I got to gotta thank the guys that brought me over there, AussieBodybuilders.com. That's uh, Xavier Wills, and he had his uh, girlfriend, Jane, and his buddy Sam with us the whole time, and you know, uh, I couldn't obviously them and uh, his his uh, sponsor Bio Supplements, uh, Bioflex Supplements uh, brought us over there. So that's very very cool. And Tony was great to uh, to me, and you know he put up a booth to uh, allow us to go there. Um, you know they got a kind of a package deal by getting the booth and getting me and whatever else. So it was it was great, Dave. I, I, you saw that I rented a car, huh? Yeah, I wanted to ask you: Was Tony Darty uh, happy that you were over there covering it? Because we ne- he never really gets the kind of coverage that we did uh, of the show to the extent, you know, as far as the countryside and all the behind the scenes stuff. It's funny. It's funny you say that, right? Tony came up and he interviewed me for his TV show um, at the end when we were leaving the expo on Sunday. He wanted to make sure to get me. And after it was over, I said, "You know, are you happy with how?" Because he did the wrap up with me, which was great. And I know he was like, <laughs> he was very tired after the show and. 
And um, for him to do it, I almost thought he wasn't going to do it because it's so much, you know, after everything. But he was happy to do it. And obviously, I was the only one to get uh, Tony to do a wrap-up with me. Um, I asked him, I said, like, uh, you know, were you happy with everything? And he said, absolutely. You know, you were the first media person interested in covering the show in RX Muscle. And because of you all, you know, everybody else came. Which is true. Yeah, you think about yeah, it. Which is true. Yeah, Blackman had to send people there because he felt like he was missing something because he knew we were going. Right, and then uh, Mike Salazar came over for Flex as a result of uh, MD going. So if you think about it, there was a whole kind of cascade of media coverage as oh. a result of this. Everyone copies everything we do. You know that. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's pretty much established that we kind of set the precedent and then everyone else just follows suit because there's very little creativity from anyone else in this industry. But, you know, they, they thought they were going to miss something, so they went over there. Believe me, if we didn't go, no one would have gone. No, they, no. Don't give a, they, they couldn't give a rat's ass about Tony Doherty. Uh, we, I always, you know, like Tony. Tony and I always got along very well. Uh, I usually get him on the radio all the time, but I didn't need to because obviously you guys did the wrap-up. So he, that was pretty much what happened at the show. And he, he knows he knows who's he cares about him and who doesn't, you know. And uh, that's that's good. As long as we, if we made them go over there, then you know what? It was a trip well deserved on our part. And uh, hopefully we'll go back every year. I, I do like that. I, I would actually like to get down there. The only reason I didn't go uh, was because of the fact that I had to go to St. Louis. So maybe next year, uh, if they're not on the same day or something like that, we'll switch and I'll go to St. Uh, Australia. You'll go to St. Louis or whatever. We'll go to St. Louis happens to be on. Or maybe we'll both go to Australia if we can make it happen. You know, uh, I think that that's – they have a very big – we have a very big fan contingency in Australia. And I know Species Nutrition has a very big – uh, base of, uh, yep. of people buying the products there. So. I texted you. I texted you because I was so surprised when you were walking into the expo how many people were wearing species clothing. I was like, holy moly. No. We have a very good, we have an excellent, matter of fact, uh, distributor there now who's selling a lot of species products. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for that. And I would love to go visit them and uh, see what's going on down there. So, Sounds as good. What was the most exciting part of your weekend if you had to, you know, pick one day or one Exciting. Day? Exciting. Um, I guess the mo- if you if we're being technical, the most exciting was me first driving the rental car because I was extremely nervous um, <laughs> driving the rental car. The- yeah, the wrong side of the, the road. Side of- the- Not even that, Dave. The wrong side of the car is the thing that really gets you because you have tendency. You know, you have um, you're driving obviously for so many years. You're used to keeping the car. You're, you're the left side of the car on the left side of the road, like because you're driving. So you, you're you're used to a certain particular spot on the road where you are. So to adjust to being in the wrong side of the car, you have tendency to have be like right in the middle of the lane, you know. So the 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 uh, the, in other words, the car is hard to center. Like you feel like you're too far to the right when in reality you're just right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I understand. I I, I could definitely see you getting to be a little confused. Luckily, you didn't get into an accident. You know. Yeah, I took out extra insurance and everything, but uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I got lost on the way back to the airport, which was pretty uh, nerve wracking because I was obviously they only have one of these flights a day out of you uh, into the uh, Los Angeles for United. You so always was, have you always have close calls with the airport. I always close. leave way, way way early because yeah, I, I'm just completely paranoid on, on that. Yeah, you're and smart. I any, and I don't go any place on time. You know, so. Um, I guess um, one of the one of the most exciting things was you, you've I know you've watched uh, Point Break before, right? Yes. Um, well, there's a scene at the end of Point Break that I that I put into the day three film um, where they go to Keanu Reeves arrives at Bell's Beach uh, on the coast of Australia, right outside of Melbourne, where Keanu uh, 
captures, finally captures Patrick Swayze, and it's the hundred year storm, and he decides to let Patrick Swayze go to to surf this wave, uh, knowing that Patrick Swayze is going to basically not going to come back, and that he's going to die trying yeah, to surf I'm, this wave. My, well, yeah. So we're driving along, and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Bell's Beach!" I'm like, "Let's pull over here," and we get get out of the car. I'm explaining to them. None of these kids had seen. Um, I say they're kids. I, I wouldn't have even have recognized the name. I'm surprised you remembered that it was called Bell's Beach. Oh, I, I, it's I one just, of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, and I told I told them about the movie and everything, and they're like, "No way!" So I show them the scene from the movie, and 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 we had just been at another beach, a few like it's called Torquay Beach, which was right down the road. And I knew it. I seen all the. This was probably helped me out. There were surf schools, Rip Curl Surf School, Billabongs, uh, all these surf schools. And I was like, oh, this must be a big beach. That's why we pulled over at that one. So when we were driving down a few miles later, you know, Bell's Beach, this is perfect. I showed them the thing on the uh, on the actual iPhone, the YouTube, and we went out to this beach. And as we're going out there, it starts pouring rain. And I was Which like, break, yeah. It reminded you of the end of the movie, yeah. So I go out there and we did the whole, uh, it was so cold and so raining. I didn't even, I, I didn't do a very good impression of the scene, but I played it in the actual video. I put the clip of the scene so you could see people in case they didn't know what point break was or the movie, they could see the scene versus me. So I'm out there in the freezing cold and it's raining. It was, it was really great. So that might've been the best. It might it just, it was fortuitous. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm, I think that, uh, I enjoyed that scene and I enjoyed the fact that you put the actual point break scene there so that people can, uh, understand what you, what you were doing. Cause like you said, nowadays you can't assume anyone has seen movies because no. we're actually old now. So <laughs> movies that we saw when we were younger are like, so a lot of these guys weren't even born sometimes. No, none of those guys, uh, uh, Xavier, uh, Sam or Jane, none of them had seen of it, seen it or heard of it. So they didn't, uh realize it i'm like oh you're from australia you should have known this This is an important scene in the movie none of them got what it. was the what was the uh the one thing you learned about australia that you didn't really know that you were shocked to find out oh, there's a lot of things there have a lot of di- little differences um uh, let's see i'll give you a few one um you don't tip in australia um no no i was very surprised you don't tip the taxi drivers or the restaurants or the bartenders they don't expect a tip and if you do tip them they seem very surprised um which is interesting. Yeah, another interesting thing is their minimum wage in Australia is eighteen dollars and sixty cents. Uh, is that American dollars? No, it would be more in American dollars. It would be like twenty something wow. dollars in American dollars. So the people working at McDonald's, which uh, incidentally they call Maccas, the, the people working at Maccas are getting you know damn near what you know considered a decent wage in America. And these are the guys. Yeah. Well, what is what are regular people? What is like a personal trainer making an hour there? I don't know. I think I, I didn't ask that. I was so shocked. Maybe by the McDonald's know. employees make more money than everyone then. So <laughs> that's why they don't have any problem with labor there because they pay their people well. Well, the, the, um, that is true. The, the, the actual, I guess, the satisfaction of life, the, the, like the, uh, what do they call that? The, um, um, when somebody is the happiness of the level of their life, like when you take yeah. a census, what's the name? Anyway, that, that, that is very high there. People are generally very happy. And what does a cheeseburger cost there at McDonald's? Okay, so the one dollar menu is two dollars. That's the two. Ah, so they so have a two dollar menu. That's, all right, that's, but that doesn't. That's why you can afford to pay the uh, workers double. But that doesn't mean anything for us because we're coming from America, and the the, the conversion rate is bad for us. So every. Uh, $1.2 of our money is equal to $1 of their money. So we get fucked twice, basically. We're Not only are we paying more yeah. for the product, we're getting a worse conversion rate. 
No wonder why these Australians want to buy species because they're getting it cheaper. Actually. Of course, it's a good deal they're, for they're, them. Yeah. Um, even their electronics, like um, Xavier was telling me. Isn't, it, isn't that pathetic that the United States' dollar is the, is, is the weakest everywhere we go? Europe, uh, Russia, China, Japan, Australia. Unbelievable. Ugh. A Diet Coke. Here's an interesting fact. A Diet Coke, a 20-ounce Diet Coke, or a one-liter Diet Coke, they say, is cost four American dollars. Wow, that's expensive. Unbelievable, right? All right, here's well, another interesting fact. It. i got another interesting fact. At gas stations there... You pay after you fill up. You don't. You can fill up the gas tank completely, and then you go in and pay. Yeah, that that you can do that some places here too, or used to be able to do it here. Used to, or used to steal gas now. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see what other interesting facts. There's a lot. There's a lot of. First of all, the the toilet. You know how they say the toilet goes counterclockwise. Yeah. I, I couldn't find out. I, I tried. I tried to video it everywhere. But every toilet there, they've got this, this system where you can flush half the toilet or the whole toilet, and none of those ones that are like the newfangled like water saving toilets, none of them flush like a normal toilet. So I couldn't uh, see if the, if the toilet water went down. So I guess if you did a number, two, I guess if you did a full flush, huh? I suppose. I suppose. Yes, you would. I think Were I did doing a, full flushes. I think I did it every flushes? time. Yeah, I did it every time. I'm I bad. do a full flush too. I, I, I like everything to go down the first time. I don't want to have to do a second flush. Have you, Actually, you you've experienced the the half flush to full flush toilets? I my toilet is is so sophisticated. Well, not sophisticated. My toilet is so artsy and and nice in my upstairs bathroom. But the fucking water pressure doesn't it doesn't flush. I always got to do double or triple flushes, and a lot of times I got to clean up the inside of the bowl oh. so it won't go down. And uh, so I don't want. I I like a high volume flush. I need a power flush. Really, what I need. Toilet. We've talked. I've heard you talk about this back We've in the day. About plenty, this, yeah. plenty of. Bono and I talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, um, all in all, Dave, it was a great trip. It was an amazing experience. It awesome. And you know what? You know what? When I was leaving, um, the, oh, here's one other difference. I, you, I told you this a little bit. You'll think this is interesting for all the internet people out there. They they sell internet sticks, USB sticks for your computer. So, say you wanted to have the internet. Um, and you want to have, let's say, five gigabytes of download and upload bandwidth, you can go buy one from the store for like 40 bucks, and you will have that until it expires. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's like you're buying your own air card. It's like an expendable. Yeah, card. isn't that cool? I thought that was pretty cool. That uh, Yeah, well, that, you know, they're more advanced everywhere, but the, the United States is the last to get everything, believe me. I was thinking about it. The worst technology here <laughs> of all times. I remember when I went to Dubai in 1996, uh, at that time in the United States, if you had a cell phone, it, 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 the battery lasted about 30 minutes, and you would only turn it on when you had to make a call. And, and you made very few calls because the, the cost was very expensive. They were all walking around with cell phones talking to each other nonstop all day long like, like we do here now. So uh, believe me, the United States is, is behind the times. We think we're high tech. We're, we're really not because there's too many of us. They test it out in these other marketplaces where there's not as many people. Right. And then if it works, yeah, they bring it to us. So we're behind. Makes we're sense. Behind. Makes sense. That's, that, that is true. I remember when I was in Israel around the same time, um, my, uh, my uncle there. Uh, was using his phone constantly, and I was like, "Wow, I can't believe that he's using his phone like this." Talk. He talked the whole time, bringing me back to the airport, and I was like, uh, "It must have." You cost thought he was a re- loaded, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. But it probably he had unlimited plan just way back then. Do you know that Israel has the most millionaires per per person of any other country? Wow, I'm not. I, they have a lot of uh, technology they develop over there. Yes, they have the most. They have, uh, uh, or the most billionaires too. Evidently. Smart Jews, smart Jews. You see that? 
Um, I, I want to tell you a little bit about the expo. Uh, Tony Doherty, they call it the Fit X, which I wonder if he got that from like the Fit Expo in Los Angeles. I know that's kind of part of the reason he got the idea to do this thing in the first place. Um, but he's had this two years now. This year, he beat the uh, ticket sales by over fifty percent. He doubled, more than doubled his ticket sales from that's last great. year. Yeah, well, they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of f- frenetic fans there, so uh, yeah. I know they love bodybuilding. And um, the 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 actual expo hall was very big. You know what was nice is they had a uh, more room in between the lanes. Which, if you go to some of the bigger expos here, you'll know, as you well know, the lanes are sometimes you know ten feet, and you end up being squashed. Um, and he had some very wide lanes that made it feel, I guess, because he probably got a lot of the hall for a better price, or you know what I mean. So, right, you know, if he has double the booths next year, you might not have right. the bigger lanes. Either, right, so, I'm giving I mean, I, exactly, you know. exactly. I'm giving a compliment now. Next year it may be worse, but um, that was really nice. It was uh, the, they had a lot of the big companies there. You know, Phil Heath was there, Rich Gaspari, uh, Hidetada Yamagishi. Um, a bunch of other people. Um, they had a lot of the UFC guys. All these guys were there. How come no one did the fucking show? I don't understand why they. The, the only person in the show was Branch Warren. It doesn't no, make sense. No Olympia qualifications. That's my. Uh, that is my guess. Is that when they change the rules, it it, it kills you know some shows like Tony's, where um, you know they, they, he ended up giving a second qualification. I don't know if you knew that to uh, Michael Kafalianos. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know he was he was able to do that. Uh, like, what he, the he grandfather must have, of him or something? No, I don't know. I think that. Um, Tony must have um, talked. I really don't know exactly what happened, but I imagine he must have told Jim Mannion, uh, and uh, Jim decided maybe, to give him another another shot. Another point. Maybe another he didn't. Maybe they changed it now that they have the new rule where the, you have to get points to qualify. Nope, so nope, he no, no, he's on the list. Go to IFBBPro.com, yeah. and right. if you look at the list of who's qualified right now, he is qualified from Australia. Right. Um, I don't know. I, you know, the, the shitty thing is that he didn't do that. Tony or Mr. Mannion or however that worked out didn't happen in time to get more people on the show because I can guarantee you um, if more people if that would have been available earlier and people would have known it more people would have done the show nah these guys are idiots they should have gone anyway it's a good fucking way to market yourself and make money in Australia I think that it was those fans Evan should have been there and I, I, Dennis Wolf should have been there and let Dexter me tell you he tried Tony tried very hard to get Evan it just wasn't happening you know you, well, know, Evan, Evan, you know he's not going over no no um but the fans there were great, and um, it was really, it was very surprising. I guess it wasn't, it shouldn't be surprising, but it still was being in Australia and the other side of the world. How many people recognized me and took pictures and wanted to come up and, you know, asked if uh, you will be coming next year and, you know, it was uh, and, and how I liked uh, Australia. It was really cool. It was, it was um, you know, it's very, to me, that is like super meaningful when fans come up and say that they like what we do or they they listen to the radio shows or whatever it may be that's like extremely meaningful to me and uh to do get that on the other side of the world is amazing well good job in australia and uh we had a good weekend we had some good traffic numbers and uh i'm, I'm glad that uh, we had such great coverage and once again thank you to tony doherty and uh, for iron mag labs for uh, sponsoring our coverage down there it was uh I think it was a, it was a well worth uh, trip, and uh, we got a lot of good stuff out of it. Also, and, uh, also got to thank yeah. Xavier uh, Wills at AussieBodybuilders dot com and Bioflex Supplements. And also, I want I want to thank you, Dave, because without uh, without you, I wouldn't have the opportunity to see um, the world and you know be able to do this. <laughs> uh, you know, it's really that it's really if you think if I think back on it and reflect on the trip and in my life and stuff, uh, you know. I definitely owe you a big thank you because without you, none of that would have been possible. 
you're very welcome. My laziness at going across the world is, uh, has <laughs> given you opportunities that you never would have had before. That's right. That's but, right. Uh, and I'm counting no, on I'm you to be you continue. Look, I can't be everywhere at, at all times. So I'm, I'm glad that I was able to clone myself in the form of, uh, Aaron Singerman and, uh, you're doing a great job there. Well, so, I can I'm tell you, go, uh, what? I, I can tell you without a doubt, 100% certainty, we destroyed everybody else out there coverage-wise. Uh, nobody did it. I mean, I don't want to say the, 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 you know, the coverage was bad or anything, but they just didn't take the the um, impetus to go and do stuff that wasn't required. You know? No one was frolicking around with kangaroos no. and pole dancing and, 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 and <laughs> running on the beach like you were, that's for sure. And uh, you have the market cornered on that, Aaron. And on that note, <laughs> I am going to go to a commercial break on your show and I'm going to go eat something. <laughs> You're starving. All right, Dave. Thank you very much for coming on Access Bodybuilding. That's it for this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you.